0: Okay, good morning, Tov. Today's Daf is Daf Yudges. Last Amud, and then we start also the um, we start the new Mishnah, which is actually a new section to the Okay, we'll, we'll discuss it shortly. And then uh, yeah, today's shoes for uh, uh for Fuh Schlema of Yitzhak Yehuda Ben Miriam Chaya Haika Basbaba Michla and Um Zalme. Mordechai ben Merim, where they have a complete and speedy recovery. Um so, this this is really jumping in in the middle of a discussion started on the Mishnah on yesterday's daf on Um But the Mishnah was discussing that you, you, I mean, the the Chagiga should be offered up on the first day of Yom Tiv. Then we discussed, according to Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, and It seems whether you can actually offer the Chagigah in general Shlomim on Shabbos, on Shabbos and Yom Tov, and then, but definitely not on Shabbos. So what do you do? So there's what's called Tashlumim. And this we, we've touched on, that you can offer the Chagiga for seven days. And one of the ones that are a bit more surprising that you can still offer for seven days is Shvors. Because on Pesach and Sukkos, I mean it is learnt out from sukkim, but on Pesach and Shvors, you can continue to offer... Um, it, it is still the festival for the next few days. Remember, these, uh, on Pesach it's one day of Yomtev. And then five days of cholamoyd and another day of Tov. so to offer to offer up off the Chig, Chagig over any of the days of pesach on Sukkot, That's one day of uh, Pes, uh, one day of Yomtev, six days of cholamoyd, and then shmini atzeret. So again, it makes uh, it's much more easier to say. But we say that even by Shvos, we're going in the, these opinions. You have seven days to offer up the um to offer up the korban. So let's go from the second line of 18a, Yud Geseh and we're gonna bring another source that you have seven days to offer up the korban. Chagiga of Shavuos, so even though it's after Shavuos and it's not Yom Tov, it's not Chol Hamoed, you can still offer the Chagiga. It says the Rebbe Shimon Menlo Kesha Amar Rebbe Shimon Menlo Kesha. Says as far as the Chag Hakatzir, says the festival of the harvest. So he says, "Azel Chag sh'Atoch Chaygeig v'Katzeba." Which festival you, do you have Chaygeig? You have Chagiga, and you are allowed to harvest it. it says Hava Yom Mezeret says must be Shavuos. I mean, firstly, Shavuos is at that time. But, yeah, it says, Amos. Now, when is this? So, we're discussing Shvos, because that's the time. It says, Maybe you want to say, so we're speaking about on Yom Tov. Kitsira be Are you allowed to harvest on Yom Tov? You're not, so it can't be speaking about actually on Yom Tov. It must be regarding making it up. It's the days following it. Um, now, he's saying you get seven days, and also added is, um, it's not considered Yom Tov. You, you would be allowed to do melacha. You would be allowed to harvest at the same time as you could be bringing your Korban Chagiga. Amalei Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said to Reish Lakish, Elameato Chag HaSif. But wait, how are you going to explain where it says Basukas? It says the festival of gatherings. So let's, let's just follow this line through. So again, remember we explained the words Chag um, HaSif. Katsir as the time that you're allowed to be harvesting your grain at the same time as you bring a chagiga. So let's see if that works for Sukkos as well. Which festival is there? Asifah, Sukkos is when they would gather in the produce from the field and take it inside. So when is there this gathering, this Asifah? When are we talking about? If you want to tell me that it's Yom Tov, are you allowed to do Malacha on Yom Tov? Obviously not. So it must be Cholam circus. Ah, Cholam Mishari. Are you allowed to do Malacha on Cholam As we saw in last month, Cholam moid Katan going back quite a lot because we discussed uh, mourning for the last while of Moed Katan but if you remember going back to the beginning the first half of the Masech of Moed Katan was discussing that you're not allowed to do on Cholomoy. Remember we did uh, it was a discussion at length we'll touch on it a bit more now um, the source for it but um, not as much as how we treat it but almost as much as uh Unless you have a reason, Melacha is Asur. Remember we said primarily, unless you're going to lose out financially, Um, it seems not even necessarily lose out on profit, but lose out on capital, then it would be Asur to do Melacha on Cholamoid. So you can't tell me that when it says asif, I can't be speaking about Yomtev and I can't be speaking about Cholamoid. So when when would it be discussing that you bring a Chagiga, when you 're allowed to do gathering in so is so when it says in the apostle it must be referring to the festival that you um, bring at the time of gathering I that 's the season, not the what you 're doing on the festival so it 's the festival that 's brought at the time of ketsira of harvest again interesting so what are we saying that when you read the pasuk and it says, this is Rabbi Yochanan's challenge to Reish Lokish. when you read the pasuk and it says Chag HaKatzir, the festival of the harvest, it's not how Reish Lokish initially interpreted, or Rabbi Yochanan's not happy with Reish Lokish's initial interpretation. Again, that Chag HaKatzir means the, when you bring a Chagiga and you're allowed to be harvesting at the same time, which must be the days after Shvoaz, when you can make up if you didn't bring the Chagiga on Shvoaz. Comes along Rabbi Yochanan and says, wait. But it says, the day of the festival of Sukkot, when you would be bringing the Chagiga and gathering in. And that can't be Yom Tov, and the important point that's coming up into the next present, And it can't be Cholamoid, because you're not allowed to do Malacha, neither on Yom Tov, nor on Cholamoid. So you must understand it as just telling us the time of Sukkot is during the Asif. And so to the time of Shvus is during the Katsira, the harvest season. Okay, but now we go on to a, a tangent to discuss the source that Melach is Osr and Cholomoyd. Now, interesting enough, we had our last Messiah that we did was Moed Katan, and we discussed uh, Melach on Cholomoyd at length, and we only touched on it primarily through the uh, the commentaries. What's the source for the issue of Melach and Cholomoyd? Here is the primary discussion of where in the Torah. Or where do the rabbis get that you are not allowed to do Melacha and Cholamoid? But it starts with it says We see that both Reh Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan agree that Melacha is Asra and Cholamoid. Where do we see that? Because Rabbi Yochanan says to Reh Lakish, When would you be bringing the Chagiga on Sukkot and doing Asifah? It can't be yomtiv and it can't be Cholamoid because you're not allowed to do yomtiv. And Reh Lakish doesn't respond and say No, it can be Cholamoid because you're allowed to do yomtiv. He leaves it. So it must be, uh, both of them hold you not allowed to do Melacha on Yom Tov. So minah hanimili, where did they get that from? So the a and we learned to the braisa Es tishmor. Shivas yomim. You must God keep the festival of matzos for seven days. Limur al-chulah shalmoid shahosu batsiyah melacha. Diveri This is to teach us that you're not allowed to do melacha on Cholamoid. Shamor, he's saying in this context, he's... I don't think it's the simple understanding of the pasuk, but he's saying it means here yeah, guard yourself from doing malacha. So, so to on cholamoid, you're not because it says for seven days, us oh, so you're not allowed to do melacha for all seven days of pesach. That would include um, cholamoid. Interesting enough, I think in the simple reading, Tishmor means um, you must still not have chometz, but. But Tishmo, we definitely do find elsewhere used in in regards to the isu melacha, and um, when it says shamor it's yom haShabbos, that means don't do the thirty nine Malachas in Shabbos. So so Tishamor means don't do melacha. Okay, that's Rabbi Yoshe's source. Rabbi Yonasan Ammer, not Rabbi says you don't need the sauce. you don't need a pasuk. He says kal it's actually you can work it out from logic. He says if It's the first day of Pesach and the seventh day of Pesach. You can't do malacha. Even though there's no Isra Malacha before or after. And also, but Well, You're not allowed to do malacha before or after Because it starts with the first Yomtiv and it ends with the second Yomtiv. You should definitely not be allowed to do malacha. I. You can tell those days are holy by the fact that they, what's it, uh, bracketed by two days you can't do melacha, so obviously the interim days you can't. Again, if on Yom Tov, which you can do melacha all the way up to Yom Tov, or on the seventh day of Pesach, straight after you can do melacha straight after. And then, and there's still also melacha. days that are surround the bakadusha. you can't do M'alacha. It says, oh, the six days of creation and the six days of the week will prove it. Why? They're bracketed by Kedusha. They have Shabbos before and Shabbos after. You have Shabbos before the Sunday and Shabbos after the Friday. So you're not allowed to do M'alacha on Shabbos. Nevertheless, you are allowed to do M'alacha during the six days of the week. So clearly, just because something is bracketed by a day that is also to, mal- to do malacha, doesn't mean you can't do malacha in the interim days. So the Gemara says, "No, that's not a good priest." Says, "No, you can't bring a difficulty from the six days of creation, from the six days of the week, because those days there's no korban musaf. Whereas here there is a kar- uh, Karban musaf on cholamoid. So we see that it's it is a holiday." She yish b'korban musaf umutabasis malacha. Oh well, rosh chodesh. There is korban musaf, but there is no. But you are allowed. There's no issur doing malacha. You're allowed to do malacha dechalamayid. Um, ah mal rosh chodesh she ain't koru mikra kodesh time in b'chulah shulmayid she koru mikra kodesh. Now yamtav is not considered mikra kodesh, whereas chalamayid is called mikra kodesh. And um, mikra kodesh um, means you will dedicate it as holy, which implies or declare it as holy. I think that like mikra call, call out, call it as a holy day. Um, so and that implies mikra kodesh implies isur melacha. Since it is called Mikra Kodesh, it's logical to say that it is Asuba Malacha. Okay, so he's not using a he's not using a clear pasuk to say that Chalamoid is Osub. I mean, I don't know why he says this is logical or that you don't need the first Posuk, but either way we have Rebyonis and gives a different source that Chalamoid, that it is Osur to do malacha on Chalamoid. And just the interesting thing. Um, are you allowed to do malachah on chalamoid? Especially women, there's an old, I don't know if it's, I don't know if we'd call it a halacha minak, that women don't do malachah on chalamoid. They say that it's a, um, it's a, almost a reward, it's their celebration because they didn't give in and serve the eagle. Remember straight after Hashem brought the Luchos um, they brought the Luch- uh, got to the receive the Torah and 40 days later he came down and the Jews had decided to serve the eagle. The women were not. They didn't give the men jewelry. They didn't want to have any part in it and therefore they rewarded for that by Rosh Chodesh. Um, I heard a beautiful idea last night. What's the connection that, oh, they didn't send by the eagle, so they get Rosh Chodesh. You know, maybe they should get more jewelry. Like, what's the connection? And he said, uh, Rabbi Rosen, he said quite beautifully, he said, because the eagle was giving up. It was Moshe was running late. Remember, he said he'd be down on the 40th, after 40 days, and they miscounted, so they thought it was, he had to be there for 40 full days, but it was the 40th day since he left. So they were uh, giving up. They were pessimistic. Like, it's not really going to work. And interestingly enough, that seems to be an underlying issue that the Jews in the desert had. They were quite um, pessimistic and uh, quite... uh, Um, um yeah everything no, they didn 't want to go into Eretz Yisrael. they wouldn 't be able to conquer the land they're giants there, they want to kill them. Um, you brought us into the desert to kill us by thirst to kill us by hunger. So the Jews were um very uh, pessimistic, and the women were optimistic and Rosh Chodesh is the month of is the time of optimism. The moon's just disappeared, and we've just seen the new moon, and we know it's going to grow. So it's a new month, new opportunity. It's an optimistic approach to life to celebrate Rosh Chodesh. So that's the the woman who remained optimistic, get the celebration of Rosh Chodesh, which is is signified by this optimism. Is that the right word? Um, Okay, carrying on. Another source. So... You know, another source that for this isur melacha says tanya it is kum melachas avoid this losasu it says all melachas avoided you're not allowed to work you're not allowed to do limor al cholamoy chosaf vasilz melacha diberi rebi oizagili rebi oizagili says that's teaching us that it is also to do melacha and cholamoid rebi akiva oimer rebi akiva says ainot zori charehu oimer ale moday hashem mikro kodesh etc says rebi akiva says you don't have to come on to that droshe it says these are the festivals of hashem and you will call them a Kodesh, etc. It says, Ember, uh, w- What day is it referring to when it says, These are the festivals of Hashem and you'll call them Mikra Kodesh. It says, Ember, Ember, If you want to say it's referring to the first day because what it already says Shabboson. It is Shabbos, it's also to Dumelechah. And if you want to say it's referring to Shemini Atzeres, well, that also this happened also besides malachah so have another commandment elo cholamoid and must be speaking about cholamoid the lambda chash also property, to teach you that it's also to do okay now we bring another price another source that it's also to do malachah and cholamoid says Tanya erich shei shesi ha meim so you must eat lashim for 6 days of the week you shall eat matzah and on the seventh day it shall be an atseret lashab atseret one of the meanings of atzeres, again, this is referring to Shmini Atzeres. But one of the meanings of atzeres is stop melacha. It says, "Ma'ashvi atzur yomi It connects just as the seventh day atzur, you stopped from doing melacha. So to the sixth day Atsuri, so to the other six days, you stop. You don't do. Oh, atzur sorry, sorry. This must be the the seventh of Pesach. Um, you're misconnecting the psukim. Well then, just as the seventh day is Yom Tov, as you forbidden to do all work, basically all Malachas, When then, says to all Cholamayim, if you're telling me it's Atzeres, it should be all those days. Says no, Tamud Lameh be Yom Ashvi Atzeres. On the seventh day it's an Atzeres. Says No, by the fact that it emphasizes the seventh days Atzeres, that's they're telling us just the seventh days for we'll putting in all Malachas. The other six days are not forbidden in all malacha. Oh, so how do we know? So wait. So there's some days that are fully Asur in Malachah. And there's Cholab and there's which is Asur in Malachi, but Murtur in Malachi. What's going on here? So he says, no. Cholab Ma'ed, which is Asur in Malachah, but it's up to the sages to come and declare which days are awesome and which days are I, awesome. The Sanhedrin declares the new moon and based on the new moon is when our festivals are. So they choosing which days are awesome to do Malacha. And they also get to declare which days you are not allowed to do malacha and which days you are allowed to do. Mil- oh, sorry, which malachas you are not allowed to do and which malachas you are allowed to do. As Rashi points out, the primary determining factor that Khazal came up with is if it's Dovara it something that you lose. If you're not going to water your field then it's going to dry out and you're going to lose all your crop, you're allowed to do the malacha. Something like that, that the time arrives on your. If you don't uh, do X, your capital will be destroyed, that is when you're allowed to do malacha. We also mentioned it depends, I don't know if you remember, some of the concepts that we came up with Where it also obviously depends on how much effort it is. If it's very little effort, like it's more just a business deal, then it's minimal effort, and therefore, there's more leniencies. Okay, but there, that was the last misaf that was quite complicated to work out which malachas mela- m- m- are awesome and which malachas are mutar. Important to mention here is the machlokas we mentioned at the beginning of Moid Katan. Is this, is Melacha mela- m- on an- Cholamoid, Asad Doraisa, or Asim Rashi here say that it's Asad Doraisa. K- l- we brought four or so psukim which seem to say that Melacha on an- Cholamoid is Asad the main question on Rashi's opinion is, if it's also then how can you come along and say, well, if you're going to suffer a loss, then it's permitted. Where do we ever see that that's a leniency? Um, again, when you, I don't think you've ever, oh, if your, if your field's going to dry out, then you can water it on Shabbos. Oh, your food's going to go off if you don't cook it, then you can cook it on Shabbos. We never say things like that. We never say, because you might lose out, you're all of a sudden allowed to do malocha. So how can you tell me that malocha on Cholamoid is asur, but in these many cases that suit you, then it's fine. So that's one of the main questions on Rashi. Obviously, how Rashi explains it, again, it's it's quite a profound concept, but Rashi says no. The Torah told us malocha is asur on Cholamoid, but the Torah also said to the rabbis, you choose you determine which melacha should be oser and which melacha should be mutar. And That's why the foundation of the melachas of cholamoid are the oraisa. However, the, in determining which ones are the oraisa and which ones are the rabbin, that was left up to, or, or, or mutar. That was left up to the rabbis. If you think about it, quite a powerful concept. Quite a what's it? Quite a giving over of power that the Torah gave to chazal. We say, I'm trying to think, there is another time we say a similar statement, but I can't remember offhand, but that is um, the opinion. The others, like Rabenu Tam, if I remember correctly, amongst others, say they no, all these sukim that we brought to say, you're not allowed to do melacha and are all only is surah de Melacha, um, these are, sorry, an asmachta. They allusions to, that the, the rabbis, connected to these allusions to the Isra Malacha, but really according to Torah law, you could do any Malacha on Ghalem um, Hoed. That is the, how Tossus learned. Okay, obviously there's a lot more to discuss. There were a few other permutations on the discussions: so how which Malachas would be so which ones would be Durabonin, and when they permitted. But let's go on. Um, we said on the day after Shvooz, Mutarim Behazbed, when it turns out at a certain time, um when Mutari Hesbed Bitanish and you're allowed to do Hesper to not fulfil um to go against those who say that Atseres is after Shabbos. Just a little bit of background. The, the Torah says um, you will start counting the omer Mi from the day after Shabbos. Which sounds like when do you so you keep Pesach, and then there's the first Sunday of Pesach is when you would start count the Omer, and obviously Shavuos is seven days um, exact amount of time later, so you would end up with a Sunday Shavuos always being on Sunday. So the Tzidukim, and the Baitusim, and those who didn't believe in the Oral Torah said that Shavuos always falls out on a Sunday. Um, the Rambanans said no. And they have droshes. And they explained it. I mean, means from the day after Pesach. And that's in we. We always start counting on second Art Pesach. So that's, uh, um, that's what. So generally, the day after Yom Tov would be treated as a special day, especially if they were bringing their Korban Chagigah. But if the day after Shvus, if it's a Sunday that we're talking about, then you treat it as a regular day. And you have him, and you're allowed to fast. Again, to detract, to highlight that today is not for us. If people saw you keeping it as a semi they might say there's some validity in what the Tzadukim will say and we under, want to undermine it. it says, ah, oh, so you tell me the day, if on this Sunday you allowed it to hespedium tanios. The Alexa, Alexa died in Lud, Sapto, and all of Israel gathered to eulogize her. And Ribitaphrim did not allow them to eulogize her because it was Yom Tev. Now again, the Jews gathered for this funeral and gathered to listen to the eulogies. So it definitely what we're going to say now is it definitely can't be a Yom Tev Because all Jews know you're not going to have the funeral and give eulogies on Yomtev. So it must be the day after the day when they want to offer their Chagigah. It says, Yom Tov, Yom Tov, Mikasu. Which Jews would have traveled to Lud for this huge funeral of Alexa? There's no It must be the day of Tevuch, the day when they're offering the chagiga. And now the difficulty is, our Mishra says if it's the day of offering the chagiga, but after Shvuz, if it's a Sunday or any other day, you do. You can do Tilus and has paid him and we just said you can't. Rebitavan did not let him. Says no, Lokasha, can't be Yom to Shekholiyos Shabbos. Can't be Shabbos. No, the difference is did Yomta fall out after Shabbos or did Yom fall out on Shabbos? If Yomtum falls out on Shabbos, then Sunday is when the Tzidukim say Shvor should be. And therefore that's when our Mishnah says you should fast and have eulogies and things like that. Treat it as a normal day. But if Shua spell out at any other time during the week, and therefore you're this Korban Chagiga on, um, on a, like I said, any other time of the week, on a Thursday, on a Friday, whatever it is, then you would not be allowed to keep the Yom Tov. Okay, and that's, uh, that ends this Mishnah and the discussion of the Chagiga. We now move on to what the rest of the Mesecta discusses. It's a little bit harder for us to often enjoy, but I guess the important sugias, and the more we see them, the less uh, frightening and the less technical they become. And hopefully, we'll be able to enjoy learning them. And these are suyas of and Tahara. So, little we discussed at the beginning of the Mesecta. Why would you discuss Tumantahara here? Yeah? So the Meiri says this is in his introduction to the Mesecta that. Um, um, let me, what was his reason? Oh, because it's necessary for Jews to be going up to the temple to offer their Chagigah and the Oilus and the Shalmai Simcha, remember that's what, that's why we got on to this topic. The is on Yom Tov, they would always go up and you have to bring a Korban Chagigah, Oiles Re'iya and Shalmai Simcha. So they would have to be aware of Chum and so that's why we discuss it here. Because you're not allowed to go up to the base of Amikdash, you're not allowed to offer korbanos when Tome. Um Rashi here says, actually seems to say it's even more broad by the way, we're going to see certain leniencies in halachas because of the festival, because all Jews are coming up to the base And those leniencies, um, that's what uh Um, yeah, you know, because of those leniencies that are connected to the, the festival when you would come up to bring everyone was coming up to bring their chakiga and oil etc. That's why it's brought you. Okay, but let's just go into it, let's just do a little bit of a of a background of tumma to get us back into the sugya. Yeah? Remember there's two principles that are connected. One is we know there are different levels of tumma. The highest level is aviyavosatuma. that is an actual corpse. Then there's avosatumba. Now, avsatuma are other sources of tumah, like a nevela or a sheret, a dead, certain dead Shrotsim, the shvane Shrotsim, and then obviously any um, anything that stems from tumah from the human's body, like a nida, a zav, a zava. All those, those are all avosatuma. Anything that becomes tome from an av. I'm giving the general rules. Obviously, there's, as we know, there are many, many exceptions and permutations and qualifications. General, something that comes into contact with the Avatuma becomes a Rishon, first degree. The general rule is a Rishon can't make other people and kelim or clothes Tomei. It can only make food and drink Tomei. And those, anything that becomes Tomei from a Rishon would then become a Shaini. Shaini, by regular chulin, non-sacred, Shaini is the lowest level it can become. So let's say you have an apple that is a Rishon and it touches another, a banana that is a shiny and it touches a banana, it would make the banana a sheini. The banana can't transmit tumma to anything else, because the, the banana is chulen, and it can't transmit shiny can't become shlishi bachulin. However, truma, which is a higher degree of kadusha, can become shlishi. So that banana, let's say, touches a loaf of truma bread, that truma would become tome. But Tom, um, even Truma, once it's a Shlishi, it can't become any lower than that. So if that loaf of Truma bread that was a Shlishi would touch another loaf of Truma bread, it would be fine. The second loaf would not be tome. um However, by Kojim, by sacrifices, they can even become a lower level, a revi. So as we see... And we're going to see a chatus, a may the water for sprinkling the por- the water of the w- and ash of the poraduma is super susceptible. So it actually turns out that the higher level of kedusha, the more susceptible it is, the more strict we are with how it can become tomei. Chulin can only become a shani, truma a shlishi, and kochim a revi. Um, now the important. So that would be very very broad strokes and overview of Tuma, what the different types of Tuma and what can become what degree of tome, of Tuma. Um, for our Mishnah, another important uh, principle is generally, according to Torah law, only something that is able to transmit Tuma fully would, m- uh, would make the whole object Tuma. And uh, let's, let's discuss people because that's what we're going to discuss. Um, so therefore, a, ri- a rishon can't make a person tame. So Doraisa, it won't make any part of the person Tome. Um, An Av um, would make a person a Rishon, so it would make the person's whole body a Rishon. Even if you only touch it with a tiny, like a tiny tap with your pinky, your whole body would become Tome. It doesn't matter how much or where. Um, However, the Rabbonin decreed Shani primarily on hands. That your hands themselves can become shiny. There's certain times when, if you touch something, Tome, even though Dorais you would be Tome, your hands will become Tome. But the primary one that we're actually familiar with is by just not paying attention to your your hands, by having Hesechadas. We don't know where your hands have touched and what they've touched, and we just assume them to be Tome. Again, it's not a real Tuma Doraisa. Dorabonon they tome, tome, and therefore you would need, how do you purify them? Either by doing the time or dipping them in a mikvah, a kosher mikvah. So that is, would be, the, um, very concisely, the halakhas with, and um, um, with hands, with, that hands can become a shiny, even though the rest of the bod, body is tar. that's only drabonin. on if you think about it, the danger with that is then, if you use your tame hands, and you handle chulin, it's fine, because your hands are, shiny and chulin can't become a shlishigh. So if you're handling regular food, it's fine. But if you're handling truma, your shiny hands can make the truma slishy. And worse, if you're handling handling kodshim, etc. Now, just as an introduction to this concept, um, I saw a beautiful idea. It sounds, so yeah. So that would be, so why do we do Natila before we eat bread? We'll touch on it on today's dive, hopefully. But why do we do nutil when we eat bread? It's a very interesting um, extension. Basically, Shlomo HaMelech came along and said that you always have to do natil asedahim before handling kodshim. Again, we want to be extra strict, extra careful. You don't know what your hands have touched. Even if they're not actually tomat, they might have touched something dirty. And now you're going to touch sacrificial meat and someone's going to go, "Ooh, I don't want to eat it. You don't want to have that affinity with Kodshim. So you always make sure to wash your hands to do Natila with Kodshim. That's what Shlomo HaMelech instituted. They and Be... Uh, Hilal and Shammai. I don't even think... Of, I think it was actually Hilal and Shammai. I don't remember if it was... Hilal and Shammai or Be Shammai. But they came along and instituted. No. Even for Truma you have to do Natila And then later on... I think it was later on... Um, we instituted that no. You have to do... Um, for To train kohanim and so that everyone is familiar with the laws of being careful in touching truma, everyone has to do natilasyon daim before they touch bread, so, before they eat bread. Now if you think about it, that's quite far-fetched. I'm not a kohen; The chances of me handling truma are minimal. Especially nowadays that we don't worry about tumah at all. So I do Natilasya dime before I eat. So that Kohanim are familiar to do Natilah Sedaim before they eat. For when they might eat Truma. It's quite a far-fetched Gezeria. And some people are like, why do we w- worry about it and stuff? So here's this, um, I got, uh, they say about the Beis Alevi. Um, and he says as follows. So that he was very particular with Natilah Sedaim. Again, we're discussing Nutila Sedaim, passing your hands for bread. So, so once he was asked him, he says, why are you so careful with it? He so says, Shlomo was the one who instituted it for... Kodshim. And, um, and then Ghazal instituted it for Truma. And then they added on to that, that even for Khulin, for regular food, you do not need to do Natila Sedaim. And it's all, again, because of this concern about Truma. And it applies even nowadays. But if that's the case, why are you so careful with that there's good grounds to go very lenient with Natila Sedaim? We see it's quite a far-fetched Gezeira. So go very ne- lenient with it. Why? They asked the Beis Halebi um, he was he's referred to as the founder of the brisk uh, the Solobaichik dynasty. He was uh, uh Yosef Tovbe, again, the, the Rav, the famous, more contemporary Soloveitchik, the Rav, the who was Roshibin YU, Yeshiva University. And um, it was his uh great grandfather. That's who refer, that's who the the base label said. So, why are you so particular with the Tilasia time? It's such a far-fetched gizera. So he responded with a parable. It says once, this very, very wealthy man. And uh, he had this beautiful palace with uh, fancy uh, gems and golden, gold-plated stuff and all these beautiful, elaborate, uh, um, what's the word, opulent palace. And he went into hard times and he had to end up selling everything. And he refused to sell a golden door. His front door, whatever it is, one of the doors to his house was gold. He just refused to sell it. And he said, because as long as I have that door, I can have hope that I'm going to get my wealth back and rebuild my palace using this door. But if I, if I, if I leave this door to get sold, I'm kind of saying I have no hope. I have no future in getting my um, golden door. I, mean, I have no hope in coming back to my wealth. And he says, and that's what the same thing with Netila Siddhaim. He says, you're right, nowadays it is so far from us, and it is so foreign for us. But being careful with Netilash Yadayim, it's almost, it's a lost remnant of a practice that stems back to when we have the Beis Amikdash, when we had to be so careful with Tum'entahara. What else do we do that we're careful about Tum and What other practices do we have? What other Minhagim, Mitzvahs do we have that we continue because of how they were practiced in the Beis Amikdash? So Netilash so, so Yadayim, he says, is this... Uh, this uh what's it? Display of Emuna that the base amigdash is definitely gonna be rebuilt. So again I think it's a beautiful, beautiful idea. We often think like what's the point of Natila Sidim? As you said, it's very far fetched. I'm careful with Natilasidime when I eat my regular bread for Kohanim, which is a Xira that was extended to an Xaira for Koj, like it's really far fetched. Why are we particular, why are we careful? All because of Truma. I'm never gonna eat Truma, I'm not a Kohan, never gonna to have to be that careful with it. There's not even a basis. It says, no, that that is our emunah, that it will be rebuilt. Okay, let's do the start the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, You always have to wash your hands. So, yeah, when do you, when do you have to do any time just because your hands, again, not because of tumor. Remember, we always assume if your hands, if you weren't, like, I guess in a way, aware of your hands, and making sure, or making sure to keep them tahor, then they become shiny, and you have to do so. That's when you want to eat chulin, maser or truma. Maser is maser shiny, the special produce you take up and eat in Yerushalayim. Ule kodesh, but if you're going to eat kodshim, matbilin, you have to dip your hands in the mikveh. Ule in nitmu Yodov nitmu And regarding the pora duma, the water and the ashes of the pora duma, if your hands are tomeh, we view it as if your whole body is That's how careful we are with the paraduma. So if you, so basically, if you would need to, for any of the above scenarios, you'd need to do nutilashadayim. If you're going to handle the meghatas, you would have to actually go to mikvah. Um, then it says, Tovel lechulin, husak lechulin, If you go to mikvah for chulin, you, then your, and your intention was for chulin, then you also to do masir. I do, I say you don't really need kafori, you just need to go to mikveh and you get out of the mikveh and you tohor. But we're going to see that there are and you need to have. Kavana for the level you're going for, and if you have kavana for a lower level, it doesn't work for a high level. It says, maser, le maser, truma. If you went to mikveh so you could eat maser, that's good enough for maser, but you still can't eat truma, you'd have to go to mikveh again. Truma. If you went to mikveh or your hands for truma, le truma you'd be allowed to eat truma but not kodesh. kodesh, le kodesh, kodesh. If you went to the mikveh to be able to eat Kodshim, a very high level of Kedusha, you you would be allowed to eat Kodshim. But you would not be allowed to eat ghatas. If you did go to mikveh for a more severe level, then it counts for the more lenient levels. If you went to mikveh to be able to eat truma, you can eat mazarin kulin. If you went to mikveh to be able to eat kodshim, you could even eat truma because it's a lower level. But if you went for truma, you can't go to the higher levels. And if you did not have intention, it's as if you didn't go to mikvah, Gain of stringency. Then it says, "Big the amorets midras for The clothes of our amorets are considered midrash for pushin. Pushim are those who are like more careful with halacha. The amorets are those who weren't careful at all with halacha. Um, clothes, items, and garments that are made for sitting on or wear, like wearing, like um, clothes, are made for sitting in or sitting on. They become a very high level if the person's a zav or nidda, they become Avatuma. So, so they have to treat these with people who are careful to eat Khulin in Tahara, they have to treat tro, clothes of the Ama'oret as if they're Midras, as if they're an Avatuma. Big day prushim, Midras Laikal Truma. Those who, the clothes of the prushim have to be treated as Midras. For those who are, who are who eat truma, who are extra careful with halachas of truma. Big day, in truma, midrash of The clothes of those who eat truma, even though they're very careful to say tohar because it's a severe punishment to eat truma while and they're very careful, but it's not considered careful enough for those who are eating sacrificial meat, and they would have to be even more careful. Big day, kodesh, midrash of and big day kodesh are considered midrash. Sorry, big day ha'iklen truma midrash la'kodesh and big day kodesh midrash la'iklen chadash. Yosef ben Ya'ezer, he was chassid of midrash la'kodesh. Yosef ben Ya'ezer was one of the most pious kohanim, and still his clothes for when people wanted to eat kochim, were considered midrash. ben kol Yosef ben Gudgada was so careful when he ate all his food as if it was in the purity of kochim, it's still considered his, his napkins and stuff, things that he would sit on, on Midras for those who want to deal with the paraduma. So you see how each of these levels, there's an extra sensitivity, an extra caution that has to be there when handling the higher levels of Kudusha. Okay, <speaking in Hebrew> do you have to do <speaking in Hebrew> to handle <speaking in Hebrew> regular food of says, for him, I'll show you a contradiction. It says, Again, okay, now, Bikurim is basically the same as Truma. Remember, Bikurim are the first fruits that you take out to your shrine for, for our intents and purposes, let's learn them the same as Truma. So, Truma and Bikurim. Chayavim aleim misa. If a non kohen eats them on purpose, he's liable to death at the hand of heavens. if he ate them by mistake, he has to pay a penalty. V'Azul Azorim, non kohanim are not allowed to eat them. lichse they're the assets of the Kohen. Are uh, they considered the property of the coin? The oil in They mevatel one in hundred and one. I uh, if you have, generally if you get a mixture with two things, you just need a majority to cancel out. I uh, you have a piece of non-kosher meat that gets mixed up with two pieces of kosher meat, it's mavatal. However, with truma and bikurim, it needs to be one in one hundred. Otherwise, you'd have to treat the whole mixture as truma or bikurim. Um, and you have to do Natila And again, if someone became Toma and they went to Mikva, they have to wait for the sunset before they're allowed to eat Truma Bikurim. These stringencies apply to Truma and Bikurim, but not to Maser Shani and obviously not to Chulin. And one of the things we said, you need to do Natila for Truma and Bikurim. But not for maser and chulin. So that's the difficult. Kasha maser kasha Our Mishnah said you don't have to. You do have to do niti lase And this Mishnah says you don't have to do natila lase time for for and Masir. So the bishloim says, amaser oh, lo kasha horibi is not difficult. You can say the one is Rabbi Meir and the other one is Rabbanan. The tonight as we learn to the Mishnah. colour Any time that you would have to be as maim it requires Natila Sadaim or Mikvah. According Dirabonan. I so that's what we're talking about, Shani. Your hands are one of the things that require Natila Sadaim Dirabonan. Mithame Sakhesh or Poisatuma. They make Koidesh Tameh and they make Truma Pasil. I Ramani, tomorrow I'll explain the terms. Puzzle and Kodesh, but let's just learn it as a Tuma and Posul. But he's allowed to have Khulin and Maser. That's according to Rebbe but Khachomim Aish and Basr and the say he's not allowed you to have Maser. so we see according to Rebbe Meir, you don't have to wash your hands for Maser. And according to Rebbe, the Rabodon, you do have to wash your hands for Maser. Oh, so the Mishnah, our Mishnah, which says top of the page, first line, Maser, that must be. Rabbanan, whereas the second Mishnah that we brought straight into the Gemara, that's Rebbe Meir. says, but Ela Chulin, Achulin but we still have a difficulty with Chulin, because both the Chachamim and Rebbe Meir that we've seen say you don't have to wash your hands for Chulin. And our Mishnah says you do have to wash your Chulin. So Ela Chulin, Achulin says, no, here's where you're going to eat it and here's where you're going to touch it. Right. If you're going to eat it, then you have to wash your hands. If you're going to just touch it, you don't have to wash your hands. Oh, But the rabbin were only arguing on Rebbe Meir regarding when you're going to eat Maser. But they don't argue regarding to touching Maser or eating Chulin. Right. Both Rabbi Meir and the rabbin hold that if you're going to eat Chulin, you don't have to wash your hands. So we have no opinion that says you have to wash your hands for chulins. Where we're holding at the moment. Our Mishnah says that you have to wash your hands, but we don't know of any opinion that says you have to other opinion. Says, no. Both are referring to Akhilah. kasha. Kanbachila nahama. Kanbachila Here's regarding to eating bread, and here's regarding to eating other produce for is roach. And this is this fits in very well with we understand. When do we do natil asidaim? When we are going to eat bread. That is the only time we do Natila sidaiim. And that is the obligation. When our mission at the top of this page says you have to do natilasidaim before chulin. That's specifically to eat bread. The other Mishnahs which say you don't have to do Natila asidayim. That is when you're going to eat other types of chulin, i.e. vegetables or fruit. You don't have to do nutella no si Um And that, um, that's the overview. That's where we found oh, this contradiction that seems to say you do have to do nutella no sedhaim si for chulin, And these other contradictions that say you don't have to do nutella no sedhaim si for chulin. And we explained that both are regarding when you're going to eat chulin. So how do you resolve the contradiction? No, it's eating bread. That's when you do nutella no sedhaim si for chulin. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today. Have a very good week and we'll continue tomorrow.